0: Thanks for tuning in to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Alexis and Suzanne here with a quick message about our early season one episodes. Just like it took
1: Rory time to get settled into Chilton and the Gilmore Girls writers to develop the role of a random guy named Mick to the Kirk that we all know and love, here at Talking Fast, it took us some time to learn to podcast.
0: As you listen to our early episodes, we ask for your patience as you witness our process of learning how to host a podcast, organize an episode, edit audio, get new equipment, and more. We also understand that sometimes you just like to skip over the Independence Inn
1: and get to the good parts of Lorelei and Suki living out their dreams running the dragonfly. So if that's the case, feel free to skip ahead to after our mid-season one recap, where we feel we hit our podcasting groove. Thanks again for joining
0: us. We hope you enjoy and stick around.
1: Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, and we're excited to rewatch and recap it along the way.
0: This episode, we're covering Season 1, Episode 9, Rory's Dance. The Netflix bio for this episode is... Rory attends her first dance with Dean, but they get home late, causing Emily and Lorelei to fight over Lorelei's mothering skills. <laughs> Dramatic. Ah. <laughs> um, and yeah. as you're
1: all listening, please subscribe wherever you are listening, and review us on Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingFastPodcast, and share us in your stories. Um... And don't forget to send us your gazebo moments to TalkingFastPodcast at gmail.com to be included in the show. And let's get started. Oh gosh, I see that I'm first for Talking Fast this week.
0: Right. Do you feel confident? No. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like
1: I've forgotten many things, but we'll see if they come back. (laughs)
0: mm-hmm we're recording on a slightly later day than normal so we both watched the episode a bit um in the past now at this point <laughs> yeah well this will be good it's a good exercise
1: yeah all okay. right recall memory
0: on your mark get set go
1: okay if we find out a friday night dinner there's gonna be a dance at chilton rory waffles about whether she's going or not but he decides to go then she has to ask dean to go which is very awkward and then she gets ready for the dance, and she goes to the dance, and Dean and Tristan fight, and Paris embarrasses herself, um, and uh, Lorelai and Emily, Emily has decided to stay the night to take care of Lorelai and embarrass it. Or oh gosh, I just got distracted, <laughs> and um, they had to fight. <laughs> my Sorry. cat started scratching his post right there at the end and uh, distracted me. Subder. <laughs> Sub. No
0: sabotage sabotage (laughs) thank you very much i like the verb waffles by the way i don't hear that all the time but it was very very... accurate
1: okay are you ready Mm
0: mm-hmm okay and go the episode starts with the question to dance or not to dance. Uh, Rory decides she will go to the dance, so she asks Dean. He agrees. Um, then they're getting ready. Lorelai makes her dress. Somehow falls down and injures herself in that process. That's why Emily decides to say take care of her while Rory and Dean are at the dance. Um, Lorelai and Emily are kind of bonding. So are Dean and Rory in a way, and they get home super late in the morning. Well, she does, and that is why Emily judges Lorelai, and they have a really epic fight, and then Rory and Lore fight. <laughs> I completely forgotten about the Miss Patty scene. We'll talk about it. We'll slow down, and we'll get, it, we'll get to it. <laughs> Sounds good. But I think we should understandably start at the beginning of the episode. Uh, as we both found time to mention... Friday night dinner the topic at large is the formal that Chilton is having and this is the first that Lorelai has heard of it because Rory didn't tell her and Lorelai also doesn't read her Chilton newsletter <laughs> but Emily does.
1: <laughs> who who reads newsletters honestly? <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. Emily
0: I guess. Right. She seems like the type. <laughs> Do you think uh, Rory should go to the dance like what kind of advice would you give I don't know as
1: somebody who hated dances I would tell her maybe not to go but if she wanted to go then to go (laughs) but Mm -hmm. yeah I, I was kind of I don't know at one point Lorelai says that she's worried that Rory doesn't do things um because she's too scared to um and that she's just too shy and i i kind of go back and forth on how laurel i presented this because she was basically saying like i want you to actually go to things because you want to go to them and like not avoid something just because you're scared of it um and i like that sentiment but then i also feel like she shouldn't feel guilty for actually just not wanting to go and mm-hmm. sometimes if you know that you're going to be uncomfortable in a situation and it's not a mandatory situation, you don't have to go. <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> um, and I kind of wish that Lorelai had also given her that option or that side of things, I guess.
0: Yeah, I did follow Lorelai's advice in that moment. Um, and I thought it was better than Emily's kind of insistence of like, this is a important moment in a young girl's life. Like, acting like there are these threshold moments of importance in every single person's life but it's not true you know like to some people a high school dance will be great but to others not necessarily so I got I waffled on it you could say (laughs) and um Rory does decide that she wants to go so she seeks out Dean and asks him to go but in a very like convoluted Kind of not passive aggressive but maybe just passive way mm-hmm. like she's kind of hedging it like well I don't want to go but if you wanted to go we could go together and I almost wanted her if she had framed it as like it's important to me to go to this dance and I would really appreciate it if you would go with me what do you think like a kind of straightforward proposal I think maybe he would have reacted differently almost yeah. knowing that it was important to her
1: yeah maybe he wouldn't have gone off about how he's not a big joiner which is (laughs) what does that even mean a phrase a phrasing I've never heard does he mean like he's not a big follower maybe I'm pretty sure Mm. that's what he meant but
0: yeah I think he's he's like portraying himself as a loner like yeah I'm on I'm an outcast maybe that's why he recommended that hunter thompson thing last episode because that guy was about like Mm counterculture so maybe dean is positioning himself as like i'm not part of the normal culture (laughs) i don't join it's so ironic because Mm -hmm. as we learn more about dean we understand
1: that he is absolutely not counterculture whatsoever yeah basic (laughs) but my favorite part about this scene was lane (laughs) standing outside watching because she was about to have to go home and she wanted some last minute entertainment so Mm -hmm. Rory sacrificed for her entertainment and I have done the same with my friends who are about to go into potentially embarrassing situations as they ask Mm -hmm. people out and stuff like that
0: yeah. I like that Lane was living vicariously through Rory. Mm-hmm. The dynamics are very odd of young young courtship. <laughs> but it was really entertaining. Yeah. I see why Lane wants to watch it, you know.
1: <laughs> we are also like in this same scene or a little bit before when Lane and uh, Rory are talking, introduced to another point of tension for this episode, which mm-hmm. is Rory doesn't really know where she stands with Dean. <laughs> At one mm-hmm. point, she calls says that he's a gentleman caller, um, to which Lane says,
0: "Okay, Blanche." This <laughs> is <It was laughs> a good Golden Girls reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Lane tells her that they they need to have the talk, and Rory is like about sex, <laughs> and Lane says, "No, the other talk." I'm like, Lane is telling her she needs to DTR to find the relationship. <laughs> like, so many of these things could have been avoided if. Rory or Dean had just said like what are we let's Mm -hmm. clarify things or do we want to go to the dance but instead in classic you know teenage fashion they're really like walking around talking around all of these things that are ultimately resolved by the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Especially Rory getting in her head so much uh, being
1: afraid that Dean might react negatively (laughs) despite all the evidence showing that he's going to react positively Um, Mm -hmm. and her just kind of being so so blinded to all of that that she Mm -hmm. doesn't just straight up ask him anything Uh, which it makes for
0: good entertainment as Lane would say. She's just figuring these things out, even though they make sense to us as the viewer. Like, of course Dean would be your boyfriend. He's obsessed with you. Like, (laughs) he's been stalking you since day one. Like, she doesn't know that, you know? So the conflict of the episode is very much, like, focalized with her and her own experience as she's growing up and whatnot.
1: Uh, Rory, I feel like she does change quite a bit from this first, like, Once she's had this first dating experience with with, uh, Dean, how she deals with all of this changes quite a bit in later seasons, Um, Mm -hmm. but we'll see
0: as it happens. (laughs) And interacting with someone like Jess later on, I feel like will immediately, like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mature you real fast. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Like, what are these feelings I'm feeling? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's so much sexier than Dean. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) moving forward, now that they have agreed to go to the dance, a lot is, a lot of things are set in motion of basically preparation for the dance. So I think we could highlight any major moment in those pre-dance moments. Yeah, I have to once again
1: focus in on Tristan um, Mm. being a, just a complete dick to Rory Yeah. Which is supposedly flirting as Paris tells us. Um, Paris is the one who is like mad at Rory for not just being nice to Tristan. And -hmm. this is where Paris really disappoints me. And I'm glad that she has some character growth (laughs) in the next seasons because this is so, so disappointing that she like is mad at another girl for not wanting, Mm -hmm. not being happy. She's being abused and harassed by this guy who she keeps telling to leave her alone. And
0: Paris is jealous. Yeah, it just goes to show that, like, sexist attitudes and practices aren't only by, like, cis men, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Paris, as another girl, is also reinforcing these horrible ideas about, like, how women should receive attention from men and whatnot. And it is so sad and so disappointing to see with her... Um, I can't blame her you know she's young she's clueless she's just like figuring out the world but mm-hmm. uh and yeah I, I don't like seeing it though directed at Rory in the scene yeah yeah and as as we've said in past episodes
1: this is like a problem with a lot of media at this time so we can expect like Paris is watching tv if she ever has the mm-hmm. time to watch tv and <laughs> she's seeing this kind of relationship and yeah thinking it's romantic
0: and to wrap up this Tristan portion at least at the scene um so like Roy is in line to buy tickets and he comes up to her and she's reading and he basically comments like oh you're reading how novel <laughs> and then he's like did you get it <laughs> And I'm like, I couldn't hate you more yeah
1: and then to explain his joke Mm-hmm <laughs> As if Rory wouldn't get it, and also as if it was funny, it's just uh, so dumb.
0: Meanwhile, I don't really have a great transition. <laughs> um, at this at a similar time, Lorelei is making Rory's dress for the dance. And I think it's worth noting because it is brought up a few different times. For example, she's on the phone with Emily. And Emily kind of judges her for not buying Rory a dress. Mm-hmm. And then later on, Emily sees Rory and thinks that Lorelai did actually buy her a dress because it looks so nice. It's very beautiful, mm-hmm. and Rory looks fantastic. But I also
1: like that she made this dress because once we see all the other dresses that people are wearing to the dance that look so early 2000s, and Rory's dress is just kind of like a timeless Gown, mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate it even more. Like that dress, I feel like it could be worn at a dance now. Maybe though, mm. I've been out of high school for a while, so maybe not. But <clears throat> <clears throat> it wouldn't be as out of place as some of those other dresses.
0: And somehow, in the process of making this dress, Lorelai like knocks it over, <laughs> and she falls over. And I'm not, I'm not really clear how this happened. It's like i guess like a klutz kind of move but um she's injured afterward too which seems extreme she's having like a back spasm and at one point Suki visits and she like has a purse full of drugs i don't i didn't understand why Suki had so many drugs yeah me neither i also just have to
1: say for somebody i am i am almost Lorelei's age <laughs> And mm. I can attest to random back spasms every once okay. in a while. <laughs> you know, once you get into your thirties, I'm just, I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. Not, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm showing my terribly my old. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I can kind of understand uh, where mm. she's getting that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it also did seem like slightly an ex- exaggeration, uh, just for what happened.
0: I could see that this was written into the episode. So there was a reason for her and for Emily to feel like she needs to stay the night after she's seen Rory off to the dance and um, like present basically the context for them to have their scenes and then also to have the like the fight in the morning too. And this sets up an incredibly interesting dynamic because Emily then has a lot of like feelings about how (laughs) Dean should Mm -hmm. come pick up Rory for the dance that are very like the girl walking down the staircase you see the dress for the first time and like I think Emily wanted them to replicate that movie moment (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah I agree um which is pretty unrealistic in a normal household Mm -hmm. but especially in Lorelai and Rory's household um, but it also made me want to ask you whether you mm. were ever forced to stand and pose for any pre-dance photos um, with mm-hmm. friends or whoever you were going to a dance with.
0: Yes. So I actually went to, we would have like a homecoming dance in the fall in high school. And then and there, there would also be prom for juniors and seniors. So Each year, I went to homecoming, but I always went with a group of my friends, um, usually almost all girls, and so we would take, like, group photos together, but it was mostly fun because we'd be, like, very silly and whatnot, Um, but then my senior year, I did go to homecoming and prom with a boy both times. Different boys, though, because, you know, I don't know. know. Um, Both of them were just my friends, though, like, but those photos were definitely more forced and awkward and especially because it was just like a casual friend date that you don't even have like chemistry or an experience like relation together so it's like oh all of a sudden you're just supposed to be doing like the wrap your arm around the other person or Mm -hmm. have your like corsage the the most weird was like they wanted photos for prom of like him giving putting like the corsage on my arm and then me putting on like the boutonniere Ooh, like the bachelorette yeah and the bachelorette usually will make a joke in the first episode like oh, i don't know how to put this on and that that was me and so
1: wow we're gonna have to get some we're gonna have to get some pictures of you going to the dance to put on her instagram oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> i admit I went to one or two informal dances in middle school, and they were absolute torture. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to A dance freshman year of high school, and then I avoided every single dance after that. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even, like, entertain the idea of just going with friends just because, like, social Mm -hmm. encounters like that, like... They're very overwhelming and just not fun in any way for me. So I didn't go and I therefore don't have any embarrassing
0: pictures. (laughs) Hey, perfect. We were mostly at like the threshold of the dance. My friends and I were not really engaging. And I don't know if this happened at your dance or if you're familiar with the concept, but the kind of dancing (laughs) many people did at these dances was what is referred to as grinding (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's basically obscene for high school students
0: (laughs) yeah and that's not for me um I love watching like dancing with the stars so you think you can dance that's (laughs) dancing I would love if someone could teach me to dance like that but no and grinding is like the thing you see at college bars too and I just Mm -hmm.
1: that and like the fact that by the end of the night almost everybody had cried at least once It's, like, something that I definitely... Like, the few dances I went to, that was what happened. Like, everybody always had such expectations heading into the dance that it was going to be, like, Mm. this romantic night or whatever. And then it was just a whole bunch of horny teenagers grinding on the dance floor and then crying in the bathrooms. (laughs) It's just, like, uh, okay, but that's what we're getting ready uh, for with Rory, so... (laughs) So, we're getting ready for... The dance uh rory comes out in her beautiful dress um unfortunately eating tacos which emily's very unhappy about um but then (laughs) suki also gives it away that lorelei is injured Mm -hmm. which of course prompts emily to i guess want to take care of her (laughs) um and then we hear dean honking outside um Emily gets pretty angry
0: about this. <laughs> she says, this is not a drive-thru. She's not fried chicken. And I want to say, I, in a certain regard, I'm with Emily on this. Uh, honking just seems like uh, a little aggressive, like, get out here now, you know. But um, that said, Rory and Dean agreed that he would honk so she knew he was there. Like, they had... Communicated, this is what they would do. Yeah, so they sit
1: there while Dean keeps honking (laughs) until he comes in, and then he has a very awkward, like, first meeting of the grandparents kind of moment. Um, We don't really get into a lot of details about Dean, but I'm sure that's coming if I'm remembering correctly. But um, yeah. Emily doesn't get too much of an opportunity to interrogate him before they head off
0: to the dance. Once we are at the dance, Madeline and Louise come up to Rory and Dean pretty quickly, and it's a very odd encounter. I, I always forget the blonde one. Is that Louise? I can't I can't remember (laughs) either I wrote a note to ask you (laughs) dang it well we've got a blonde and a brunette and the blonde (laughs) um asks Dean how tall he is and in my reading of this this is very suggestive she's kind of like looking him up and down and he kind of like deflects the attention and almost uses Rory as a shield like get me away from the advances of this strange teenage girl um, meanwhile, though, the brunette is, like, off on a tangent about how her mom can't make anything, including soup, <laughs> and she seems kind of, like, actually fairly genuine when she's saying she likes Roy's dress, too, so. We still, like, barely know these characters, obviously, because we can't
1: remember which one is which, but they're do- yeah. definitely trying to make, like, uh blonde vixen and a brunette like ditzy brunette even though that's Mm. slightly you know slightly different than stereotypes but the characteristics of both of them are so stereotypical like they have no depth whatsoever yet but i feel like there could have been potential for more um interesting characters to grow especially with i kind of feel like the brunette is madeline
0: I don't I think so she just seems nicer there's potential there to pick up on and we'll see that more with Paris in particular at least yeah yeah speaking speaking of
1: Paris she does come speaking up of the next, devil <laughs> um and she comes up with her date I don't remember exactly what their conversation is about but I feel like it wasn't very long at this point um mm. I think because A slow song starts playing and Rory and Dean go to dance. Um, But we also see as they are having their cute dance moment that off in the corner, glowering, is that a word? Or Yeah, that's a good word. Lurking. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) is that a combination of glaring and something else? But no, he's glowering. Um, Mm -hmm. Is Tristan. And his date comes up and tries to propose like, should we go dance he doesn't want to the only thing he's up for is going to make out um, but we can tell he's just like staring at rory and dean mm-hmm. um i guess you know thinking that he should be the one dancing with rory Ugh.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah he was so green with envy And you know his heart wasn't really even in that make-out offer. (laughs) But he was like, well, I have to occupy my time somehow. (laughs) Um, I think we will, and we'll get to the next moment with Tristan very shortly. I think just to wrap up the last of the Paris thread of this dance would be to um, basically point out that she kind of outs herself as bringing her cousin to the dance which was a secret she was understandably trying to hide uh but she knows that her cousin told Rory because the cousin goes to like ask out Rory which is I thought was very much like I'm like dude you're here with Paris and then once he said he was her cousin I was like oh okay but still and then um Paris is very like Um, Paris is very paranoid that because Rory knows this information, Rory is going to like blab it to everyone. So Paris goes up to her and loudly accuses of this of Rory. But in doing so, everybody overhears and Paris like reveals it to everyone else and is embarrassed rightfully. So like, that's rough.
1: (laughs) Paris needs to learn, and I'm surprised she hasn't by this point, that her voice carries substantially. Yeah. (laughs) but i feel like if if rory was to start telling people that paris took her cousin to the dance nobody would really care or it would or paris would be able to like squash it quickly so i kind of feel like paris was really reacting to a non threat
0: yeah it seems so rooted in her deep insecurity she has so much to be confident about like her Book smarts and everything related to that, but when it comes to anything else, she really suffers, and it really seems to be coming from a place of anxiety. And I do not blame her for that. I really relate to that too. But when you allow that to transition to like a screaming accusation, that will only reveal your insecurity. Like, yeah, that's not going to be great. You know, that's not the outcome you want. (laughs) Yeah, and. That
1: is a uh, something we find it will be typical of Paris, though. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I guess it kind of is endearing in a way, also, once we yeah. get to know her and she develops a little bit. But at this point, it's just like, wow, cringe, cringy. <laughs> and this is exactly what I think of when I think of a high school dance. <laughs> um,
0: mm-hmm. People embarrassing themselves and crying. Speaking of people embarrassing themselves let's talk about the ultimate scene that is the altercation between tristan and dean what did you make of this fight like what were your thoughts i thought it was toxic masculinity at its finest
1: mm-hmm. um tristan really came up he he came up to dean and like introduced himself and dean was like oh yeah uh, rory's told me about you Tristan has the audacity to possibly think it might be favorable. Dean is like, absolutely not. Um, She really doesn't like you. And, of course, that escalates. um, I think Tristan's the one who goes for Dean first, and then Dean basically tries to uh, defend himself. But I was very surprised by how he ends this fight, as he's been being pulled off um he says Mm -hmm. like tristan you don't want to fight me because i'll kill you (laughs) and i was just like wow like it he didn't even really say it in kind of the like i don't know making false claims kind of fight mode it actually sounded Mm. like a legitimate threat like i will kill you (laughs) (laughs) and it was just too much too far dean (laughs) is he
0: didn't isn't he from Chicago? Is he from like the mafia <laughs> family or something? <laughs> I I agree. Like, when I was watching this, I was pleasantly surprised, at least at the start, that it seemed to be mostly instigated on Tristan's behalf. Like he kept pushing Dean further and further. So at first I was thinking, like, okay, it's the toxicness is mostly coming from Tristan, but um, that threat really shook me up too because <laughs> that's just that's crossing a line. And like, you don't want to be with someone who's threatening to kill other people, even if they were antagonized. I'd be like, Rory, that is a major red flag. Seriously.
1: <laughs> but apparently, Rory seems fine with it. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. she necessarily condones the fight, but she's, like, not disappointed in Dean in any way. Tristan walks away thoroughly humiliated. Which is fun to see, at <laughs> <That's> least. <true. laughs> um, so after the dance, we meet back up with them when they're walking through a snowy Star's Hollow square, which is very romantic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they basically rory accidentally calls dean her boyfriend um which prompts finally the talk um and they make it official Mm -hmm. and then strangely miss patty's door is open (laughs) (laughs) that's another (laughs)
0: plot device (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) so they go in and this actually looks kind of nice like they talk about books for a little while they sit down dean is reading um I think it's the portable dorothy parker at maybe we'll talk about this later but i honestly don't know who that is so um then yes we can <laughs> so um and then they fall asleep and that's where we leave them is sitting on bean bags cuddled up in a nice mm-hmm. moment <laughs> totally innocent <laughs> yeah <laughs> but let's go back uh yeah i think we can go back to Laura and emily who Mm -hmm. throughout this entire dance have been sequestered together in Lorelai's house because Emily decides she needs to care for Lorelai, who apparently can't move very well because of her back spasm.
0: I wonder if this is coming on, um, if it's related to when Emily was kind of distraught to learn that Lorelai had a broken leg for like months and she knew nothing about it if it's kind of coming from that place of like oh I like I just happened to see evidence that my daughter is hurt and like from that place of maybe like guilt or lost opportunity she's like I can do this now Mm -hmm. and it was almost like forcing herself on Lorelai so this starts a whole evening of this like imposed motherly care which is honestly I found it to be really engaging Mm -hmm. because it progresses quite a lot from their typical bickering banter um, a lot of friction ultimately to a point pl- like a place of a ton of sweetness and l- it was like honestly very moving um only for something awful to happen <laughs> later on what were you thinking as you're watching this i i
1: liked it. My favorite part was the ongoing prop of the banana toast. Mm -hmm. And I have a note for all of our listeners at home. This, in theory, is not a bad idea. I would suggest making some toast, putting a thin layer of peanut butter on, Mm. putting some banana on, and then sprinkling it with cinnamon. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I think Emily should have done that here instead of just straight-up banana on white bread mm. toast. <laughs> we'll Which, share that recipe
0: <laughs> on Instagram.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll give very precise, <laughs> precise measurements. But yeah, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was sweet. It starts off with Emily kind of chastising Lorelei for... <laughs> exchanging some fine crystal candlesticks that Emily had given her for a monkey lamp, which she thinks is just something out of a bar. Um, I, I kind of mm-hmm. liked the monkey lamp. It's not something I <clears> would <throat> necessarily ever have, but it, it was kind of nice. It had like a purple lampshade.
0: Yeah. She describes it as, like, a semi-pornographic lamp <laughs> and also a sinister barroom. room She has such good descriptions <laughs> mm-hmm. every time. And honestly, I think this scene highlights uh, something I don't always consider about the show, but it's been on my mind since we talked a bit about, like, Edith Wharton and the novel of Manners and if this is, like, a show, like, a TV show of Manners. Um, and I think that this highlights that taste is incredibly important to this show and like the show is very interested in it and you have like Emily's taste which is really easy to recognize as this like hoity-toity elite old lady like crystal candlesticks are the epitome of high fashion but Lorelai and Rory too to a certain extent have a very specific brand of taste as well. And they also like view the world and other people through this lens of what is tasteful to them. And they might be a bit like quirky and fun and pop culture and all of that, but they still like use that as their metric for what is taste and what isn't. And I would argue, like we've talked before about how Lorelai and Emily both like are witty and funny, but in different ways Mm -hmm. and Lorelai isn't necessarily like her comedy or humor isn't really attributed to Emily's even though we could see how she forms it in opposition to Emily's humor in a way. I think Lorelai her taste I don't think it would exist in exactly the form that it does without Emily. Like, mm-hmm. Lorelai has learned how to have taste and, like, enforce it and judge other people through Emily and also in opposition to, like, well, if that's what Emily likes, I'm going to like the exact opposite thing, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah it's, like, it's like she subconsciously, every single thing that she picks out, she's thinking, would my mother hate this? And if the answer is yes, Mm -hmm. then it's something Lorelai loves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like we definitely saw that um, in the birthday episode as well Mm. with all the different presents for Rory. Um, Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I like that we're adding different literary layers to Gilmore Girls. We can keep track of how taste shows up.
0: Yeah, which will... I mean, of course, evolve in a lot of different ways, but to think about Rory when she goes to Yale and shifts when she kind of enters the whole Logan world, too, like, her taste has, mm-hmm. like, changed at that moment, not necessarily for the better. Um, but, yeah, getting ahead of myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, thinking of that pink Birkin bag. Okay.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> that is Emily's, like, ultimate... taste like she's (laughs) Emily's mind blown but uh we'll get there (laughs) in in regards to this scene I thought I I don't know I almost wanted to like shed a tear practically (laughs) when (laughs) Emily come like so Lorelai says to Emily hey by the way I made that dress you know like um because earlier Emily had said I'm so glad you ended up buying a dress and Lorelai's and actually, I made the dress. And Emily says, you did a lovely job with Rory and the dress. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, like, the perfect line. And even if they have their fight later on, like, at this moment, I think this is Emily's true feeling mm-hmm. about her daughter and about Rory. But it's just her feelings of, like, superiority and like, um, insecurity and all of these other things that will sometimes, like, mask that she ultimately does think that Lorelai like, has done a great job with Rory.
1: Yeah, I can, I agree, and in my notes for this scene, I had just said, um, a nice moment with Emily and Lorelai, so I'm glad you reminded me of exactly what happened, but yeah, that was mm-hmm. a great moment, and I feel like that's, in once you're an adult, that's pretty much the the best kind of validation you can get from your parents is just like pride in what you've done with your life so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I, mean, I don't have children, so I don't know if that maps on to children as well. But I definitely feel like, yeah, like when you achieve something or when you're just living well and your parents recognize it, that's that's like one of the the best forms of validation you can get as a grown child of people Mm. um and yeah I'm really glad that they have this nice moment even if what happens later
0: happens and ruins everything which I guess we can address now Mm. um basically everything goes to like shit (laughs) um it's all ruined (laughs) because um Lorelai gets a call from well first I mean they wake up Emily wakes her up and is like Rory's not here Mm -hmm. and it's 5 a.m. and so they're panicking and freaking out. Eventually Lorelai gets a call from Miss Patty and Miss Patty says Rory was there and that she's on her way back home. Emily asks if Miss Patty's is a motel. (laughs) It does kind of (laughs) sound like it. (laughs) Yeah no um but this causes this really i think i've described their fights as like epic before but mm-hmm. this one was like on it was another level it was almost painful to watch because they were just like slinging the most scathing almost like truth like they said a lot of truthful things i guess but wow it hurt they cut deep <laughs> yeah. yeah neither of them holds back
1: like as soon as they start to feel that rise in emotion both Mm -hmm. of them just let it go like neither of them has any investment in taking a second and like doing a deep breath or anything like that um yeah and of course as we've seen before what really happens in this fight is both of them (laughs) travel back in time 16 years and basically have the fights that have been pent up ever since Lorelai first got pregnant and disappointed Mm -hmm. Emily Um, And we see that here again. Emily is assuming that um, that's what Rory's been doing, is sleeping with Dean. At this moment, we get Lorelai defending Rory and being like, no, Rory's not me. That's not what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I thought was great. Also, (laughs) I'm astounded that Emily went straight there since she knows Rory as well, and Mm -hmm. I I feel like she's just not able to separate Rory and Lorelai at Mm -hmm. this point, because if she took a moment to, she would see, like, such a huge difference in their personalities, and, like, what they are investing their time and thought in, and they would see that Rory and Lorelai are not the same, and they're not going to go down the same path, Um, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, it is very explosive, and epic and terrifying I would hate to overhear that
0: yeah I think explosive is a good way to describe it Emily does point out like I'm so tired of hearing that I like suffocated you and whatnot because I gave you the best opportunities and it's complicated because I do see where she's coming from here of like Lorelai at some point you maybe need to take a bit of responsibility um, and, like, consider that you had a pretty privileged life and, like, I gave you so many opportunities that other people wouldn't have given you. But, like, as so much as we've said before, Emily seems to view, like, what seems to view things very much as a contract that Mm -hmm. she doesn't always any, like, doesn't always make clear of what the terms of that contract are. So I think, though, even though she's making a fairly, she's making, so she is making a point here, but she's missing the fact that even if you provide your child with wonderful opportunities, they don't necessarily owe you anything in return. And that as the parent in that situation, that's kind of what is expected of you no matter what, in a way.
1: Yeah, I agree. I also just think, like, they both really need to go to therapy, <laughs> And, I mean, thankfully uh, they do in the revival, but, like, I think that they, Lorelai could, if she could realize that, like, what happened in her childhood happened and it was probably not great, but continuing to, like, harbor so much resentment towards Emily isn't going to change the past. And all these fights where they, like, blame each other doesn't actually change the past. It just... Makes mm-hmm. them both feel the pain that they felt in the past again. <laughs> I think yeah. if they could realize that and like move forward, it would it would be so much better for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yeah. then we wouldn't
0: have a show. So <laughs> so true. I think this this conversation though, since you brought up the revival, and I don't want to get too off track. I'm gonna try to keep this very short. But I felt like this conversation maybe indicated that Amy Sherman Palladino, as is well known, like she had the ending planned, and then she didn't get to use it, so she used it in the revival. I think this, like, this is foreshadowing in a way that she, as the writer, has an interest in the idea of, like, a recursive storyline, the parallel between Rory and Lorelei. and even... It's just confusing, though, because so many times we get the argument of, like, Rory is not like Mm Lorelai, and yet the ending she had planned was, like, Rory does repeat Lorelai's steps and does, I don't, not, she doesn't ruin her life, but she does get pregnant unexpectedly, and I have so many problems with that. The idea that Rory is just going to repeat what Lorelai has done, because as you pointed out a couple of minutes ago... They're completely different people. They, I'd like, yeah. So I was just like, mm. it just reminded me of something I didn't like <laughs> about the revival.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I 100% agree about that. Um, but I'll, I'll save my rebuttals for later because I do, yeah, I do feel like uh, I could go on about that for a while as well. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, we'll move
0: ourselves forward. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, But, so while this explosive fight is happening, Rory sneaks in, and she sneaks in right at the point when Lorelai is defending her and basically saying, Rory's not me, Uh, she's responsible, blah, blah, blah. Emily leaves and thankfully doesn't see Rory, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um, then Rory comes in and... Her first words are, thank you for standing up for me like that in front of grandma. Um, And then we see Lorelai just, like, about turn and Mm -hmm. go off on Rory about staying out all night. Um, And I think just a misplaced moment of anger.
0: (laughs) Right. And I will say that I am... Par- I'm like a very anxious paranoid person so like if my partner isn't home by the time I expected him to be home my mind immediately goes to the worst place you know <laughs> I'm like just imagining horrible things so I think I can understand that the terror that Lorelai initially woke up with of like my kid is not here it's 5 a.m like what could have happened to her um, and she kind of points to that as an excuse And Rory, I think, rightfully points out, like, no, that's not why you're yelling at me. You're yelling because this happened when Emily was here and you're embarrassed and hurt by that and so you're blaming me. um, And it's not really about Rory. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's where it ends, too. It's definitely, like, cut off that. (laughs) No resolution. Yeah. We'll have to tune in next week to see where it goes from here. We interrupt this episode with a message from our sponsor. You might see the photos of many gorgeous, timeless women
1: on the wall of Miss Patty's studio and ask yourself, who are all these women? Well, there's only one woman with such varied talents, Miss Patty herself. She has performed countless roles, and she's graced such a small town
0: as Stars Hollow with her cosmopolitan flair for drama and the performing arts. She has sung on stage with the Phantom danced across the Sugar Plum Ferry. Miss Patty has flown the trapeze of ex soleil. In fact, she's done everything there is to do in show business, except set fire to the hoop the dogs jump through. And yet, even with such a portfolio, she has a limited one-time offer for listeners of Talking Fast. Right now, Miss Pod- Patty
1: offers one free class when you sign up for a season of any one of her many classes. You can choose from toddler ballet that will leave you with memories to embarrass your child with forever, or sunrise yoga on a chilly morning with the side of all the gossip of Stars Hollow. You could even sign up for Miss Patty's signature jazz, jazzy jazzercise, or learn to choreograph your own interpretive dance. Go to Miss Patty's website and pick which class you would like to, cha- like to change your life this season. And add Talking Fast in the promo code box at checkout to get one of those classes free. Remember, Talking Fast at checkout for a free class at Miss Patty's. Let's head off to Rory's bookshelf to discuss the most notable pop culture references in this episode.
0: And then let's go to Lorelei's closet to check out the best and worst fashion choices in the show. We'll have to continue, you know, what we've been talking about next week. We'll see where it goes. But yeah. for now, I would like to know what you were thinking about for Rory's bookshelf.
1: We had plenty of references and stuff in this episode, a lot of which I didn't know because I'm uncultured. But my favorite... That can't be true. My favorite was um, when Emily is first calling Lorelai. Um, and Lorelai says that she's making Rory's dress. And Emily says, I hope you're not making it out of curtains. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure this is a reference from The Sound of Music <laughs> in which the main character, Julie Andrews, his character, Maria, yeah, she makes mm-hmm. uh, dre- dresses for all the children out of curtains. Um, mm. And I love The Sound of Music. I have many fond
0: memories Uh, with Sound of Music. So I liked that. That's cool. I didn't I actually thought it was a Gone with the Wind reference. Oh you know that's
1: true. I've only seen. Which now makes me
0: think maybe Sound of Music is like referencing Gone with the Wind because yeah Scarlett O'Hara classically makes a gorgeous dress <laughs> out of curtains. I mean, there's problems with Gone with the Wind, but I think we can all agree. The dress, at least, was very good, especially for made out of curtains. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. I've only seen that once, mm. so
1: I completely forgot about that scene. Oh, I wonder if anybody's analyzed the similarities
0: between the two. <laughs> that
1: mm-hmm. might be where it ends. But
0: <laughs> I think it's impressive that Maria made it, a, like, how many children are there? Six or seven outfits? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, did
1: you have anything for Rory's bookshelf this week?
0: Yeah. So I noticed when Rory is complaining about how bad her classmates are to Dean on the way to the dance, she references The Outsiders, which is a book from 1967. And then it's a really, like, they made a really popular mo- movie adaptation of it later on, too. Um, and Rory says to Dean, "Just call me Pony Boy, and Pony Boy. Po- Pony Boy. That's hard to say. <laughs> is like the protagonist of this novel, and he's kind of he's part of like the gang that's called the Greasers, and they're more like working class. And they there's another gang that is like kind of upper class, and they they're very, they're very antagonistic toward each other, and." Ponyboy, in the end, ends up, like, you see him starting to, like, write the book that you've been reading the whole time. You know, he begins to, like, write the very first lines. So I was trying to think of, like, well, Rory is kind of an outsider. She is from a different, like, socioeconomic world than people at Chilton, and she is kind of, like, literary in the same way. Uh, but other than that I was like it's kind of random you're not really that much like Ponyboy uh, but I think it was more like oh I'm an outsider but yeah uh, yeah that I was that is my bookshelf moment a bit um, of unpacking of her <laughs> reference <laughs> and whether or not it holds up
1: I've never read that before that's really interesting yeah I was a little bit confused by that obviously because I've never read it <laughs> Pony Boy mm. just seemed like such a weird thing to ask to be called Yeah. Did you have anything for Lorelei's closet this week?
0: Yes, and it does have a bit of bookshelf elements to it as well. So overall, I really enjoyed seeing the fashion that came about because of the dance scene, like the different kinds of dresses everyone chose, how they reflected their personalities. We already talked a bit about Rory's dress, but what I want to specifically highlight is the bag that she had <laughs> it's like this velvet dressed and it's a drawstring bag which reminded me a lot of Hermione's bag yeah. um in the Deathly Hollows, which was also kind of like a ba- drawstring bag that she had done a spell on so it was like a Mary Poppins kind of thing where it had so many infinite items could fit in the bag um Rory also makes a lot of stuff fit in her bag, too. She has lipstick, a $5 bill, gum, hairspray, and a book, (laughs) which is so relatable because I also, um, when I was, like, always having to go places with my family, Mm -hmm. I would always take a book with me. Like, I'd be reading everywhere. Like, they'd take me to church, and I would just be sitting out in, like, the... (laughs) the main room just like reading the book instead of paying attention to service but don't tell them I said that <laughs> um, anyways uh the book that she has we brought up a bit ago is the portable Dorothy Parker which is like a collection of the writings of Dorothy Parker who was like a witty and satirical writer in like the the early to mid 20th century American and I think she is an influence on Amy Sherman Palladino. Like, the very witty, kind of biting, sarcastic kind of humor and critique of, like, society and things like that. And even um, Amy, Par- Amy Sherman Palladino's production company is called Dorothy Parker Drank Here. Oh, so,
1: wow.
0: that's a little fun fact. Nice, some Easter <laughs> But I eggs. love the bag. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I was jealous of that bag. I also... Took books everywhere. It was the hardest when I was reading the Harry Potter books, and mm-hmm. they
0: took up like basically an entire bag. <laughs> I know. I always joked that I had such like a good self defense weapon <laughs> yeah. at all times when I, because I like, I really like to read like big books. But at a certain point, it was like I would just pick out books because they were big. <laughs> Not and then I'm like, oh, how convenient a weapon if I need one. <laughs> um, I had
1: two potentials for Lorelai's closet. The first was Paris's dress, which I've already kind of talked about, which is like a kind of an olive green, um, like sheath, sheath dress with, it looked like, um, those little plastic beads embroidered in like flowers or something along it, or maybe it was thread. I don't remember exactly, but it reminded me, so much of this time period, and it reminded me of Ten Things I Hate About You, mm. which I think came out around this time, or maybe a little bit earlier. Um, and for some reason, just that like that style of dress and just the hair, hairdo, and everything reminds me of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but my second uh, Lorelai's closet thing was kind of something I'm not hundred percent sure about, but. I think Rory was wearing a velvet cloak. (laughs) I couldn't tell 100% for sure whether it was like a long, like a super long coat and she just didn't have her arms in the sleeves Mm. or if it was actually a long cloak, but I think it was a cloak (laughs) and that is just so cool. That's like... That's so elegant. I know. (laughs) I would like... I would consider going to a dance if I got to wear a cloak. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Just consider, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved it. I'm going to have to go back and see if I can find a picture, because mm-hmm. we never really got like full shots of her outfit with the outerwear on, but <sighs> <Lovely>. that's cool. <laughs> Welcome to Stars Hollow is a chance for us to take a nostalgic stroll through the town Discussing its cozy and comfortable aesthetics. Did you have any Stars Hollow moments?
0: Yeah, I think this came up um, a couple times. We talked about when characters were walking in Stars Hollow. There was a lot of snow out on the streets, which is a really good continuation of like, we saw it snowing last time and the snow is still here. The seasons seem a lot more cohesive now. Like, (laughs) we're getting a firm sense of time, which is what we've been looking for. Um, But so, I mean, I find very cozy of the snow-covered streets. Everything looks so lovely when people are walking around. Uh, But more specifically, I wanted to highlight when Lane and Rory are walking around at the start of the episode. Because in this moment, as in many others, their friendship feels so cozy to me. They are, like, they're playful, they're gossiping, asking each other for dating advice, um, giving, like, Lane is kind of giving Rory confidence throughout this conversation to get up, the to go, like, go actually ask Dean to the dance. Um, Lane saying, like, she's going to, Lane telling Rory she wants her to enunciate because Lane will be lip-reading <laughs> through the window. I thought was so funny, and it reminds me a lot of, when my friends would um, have like a group chat and send each other our text messages of like either the guy said this to me or I'm going to say this. is Do you think this is good? And they'll be like, oh, no, you should say it this way. Or, um, you know, things like that where you're sharing like your private moments mm-hmm. <laughs> with other people <laughs> with your closest friends because you just have them as confidants in that way. Um, so I just really liked that vocalization i guess of their like friendship yeah
1: very cozy
0: yeah (laughs) how
1: about you um mine was uh in miss patty's (laughs) the Mm. 5 a.m yoga crew this so this came out in what like 2001 to me that's Mm -hmm. kind of before the yoga craze really hit Mm. in the u.s um to where it was like a thing but not such a thing that people made millions of dollars on YouTube by making yoga videos. Um, and I love that it's at 5 a.m. That's a ridiculous hour. Um, Mm -hmm. but it just seemed like such a, a Miss Patty thing, especially. And like a small town thing where some women would just wake up and go to do yoga at 5 a.m. Seems like something my mom would do if she liked doing yoga. The the things that Miss Patty offers at her place are just amazing mm-hmm.
0: and very Star Solo. <laughs> I think it's time for Friday Night Dinner, our once-a-week opportunity to critique something from this episode. Okay, Friday Night Dinner, what would you like c- to critique in this episode?
1: So I attempted to not so skillfully transition us away from talking about this earlier But I wanted to talk about um, Suki's bag of pills and the Mm. casual popping of Mm -hmm. prescription drugs, which, as I've said with almost every Friday night dinner, is something that I feel like happens a lot in media, especially Mm -hmm. um, previous to like the last maybe five years or so, which would be just like people taking prescription drugs maybe that were prescribed to them and then kind of just taking them whenever they felt like it um especially painkillers and a lot of them i think are opioids so obviously we know Mm -hmm. that's a huge problem now um but also like sharing prescription drugs and Suki comes in with a huge bag of them Mm -hmm. i'm sure they were all prescribed to her for some reason at some point and she just offers them to lorelei she has like a whole list of them what they're used for in different times and i think this happens later in a few seasons with paris as well but um mm. just like media showing casual using you usage of prescription drugs especially ones that can be highly addictive it's just disappointing <laughs> and mm-hmm. then like it it Clearly correlates with what has happened in our country in the past five or ten years with the opioid epidemic mm-hmm. and misuse of prescription drugs.
0: Yeah, this felt so casual like sometimes they make jokes thing jokes about things in a casual way and i'm like oh people would not make that joke mm-hmm. today so lightheartedly like when they mentioned nazis in a previous episode or this like i almost wonder though if their casual treatment of it is like an example of like how it what it became an opioid mm-hmm. epidemic where like doctors um advertisements everything was trying like communicating like oh look at these great drugs we have and you can take them and get right back to work and all this stuff and hugely problematic as we now like a lot of new documentaries and shows are covering and things like that but I definitely was quite alarmed when I saw Suki open up that bag Yeah, yeah I think you explained that well
1: yeah, it's just like the idea that you can take this and not have to worry about what, what is happening inside of your body. The fact that it wasn't prescribed for, to you, the fact that you mm-hmm. don't even really know what you're being given. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of obsessive and I like, even when I start just taking like a supplement or a vitamin or something, I like mm-hmm. Google to see what it's going to do to my body and mm-hmm. obviously the internet wasn't as pervasive at this point as it is now, but I just can't imagine just randomly taking somebody's pills.
0: Mhm. Uh, I agree.
1: Did, did you have anything for a Friday night dinner?
0: Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about the Spotted Owl. <laughs> so, at the very beginning of the episode, Emily is complaining about how Lorelai doesn't read mm-hmm. The chilton newsletter and because she doesn't she doesn't know that there's a spotted owl on the cover and this is an endangered species and emily has made a large contribution in rory's name and lorelei is like well it's a private school they're always taking donations <laughs> because emily's like well you don't read the letter so you didn't know that you were supposed to make a donation and Um, Emily's like, well, what about the owls? And Lorelai says, they'll live. And Emily says, no, they won't. That's why they're taking donations. Um, And, you know, I want to say, first of all, I do think causes for endangered animals are incredibly important. With that said, (laughs) I think this um, spotted owl cause in the Chilton newsletter gestures toward a different kind of spending and, like, donating of money. Um, that I think is more of a like a for show Mm -hmm. like um, high-end charity events where like and this happens all the time in like Gossip Girl too like they're going to this event and donating money for whatever cause it is but ultimately it's more so tied to like their performance of their class like throw the wealth around demonstrate to other people like oh I have all this money I can just give it off and like Emily made this Donation in Rory's name, too. And I think we would see that it had more meaning if Emily was like, Hey, Rory, what is a cause that you feel really passionate about? And I will donate that money for you. Um, that's not what happened mm-hmm. <laughs> here. And the fact that Chilton selected the Spotted Owl at all, I think, is also very superficial level of on their face, like, Look at us, we're an institution that is making a difference in the world by raising money for the spotted owl. And I looked it up and the spotted owl is like a resident species of Western North America, according to Google. So it's like, that wasn't even an animal relevant to their own environment. Like they could have been doing, like Luke would have been on this environmental Mm -hmm. activism, right? Like (laughs) would have been like, let's abolish um, golf courses or things that would make like a direct impact in their community. But they chose a seemingly random animal um me well meanwhile like what could they be raising money for well a lot of things maybe more scholarship funding because this is happening in a conversation between a woman and her mother who like she had to ask for a loan from her parent because she couldn't afford for her daughter to go to the school at all if she couldn't get that loan and she's lucky that she is related to someone who could offer her a <laughs> loan like that so I just thought it was a bit hypocritical that, like, Chilton could have been, you know, having a fundraiser for students who need the money to be able to attend the school at all. Um, also, according to Google, the spotted owl is now near threatened. They're no longer endangered. Well, so there's been progress. Maybe Chilton did it. <laughs> yeah, it's all, all from, Chil- from Chilton.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great critique. I wonder if, since Emily made the donation in Rory's name, if the Chilton newsletter then publishes, like, who's donated, I kind of feel like they would. Mm-hmm. And then that, like, pressures other people to donate more as well, mm-hmm. which just emphasizes that point of it being all for show. And they are, like, right next to, like, some of the major cities in the U.S., where, which I'm sure have multiple different causes that they could be donating to that would like impact mm-hmm. their direct environment but no. yeah should we move on to something light and fun for our final moments and now let's meet at the gazebo to discuss our favorite moment from this episode um do you have any yeah. gazebo moment for this episode
0: yeah i'll be brief because looking at my notes i realized i said exactly <laughs> <laughs> what i wanted to say earlier on i totally forgot Um, My gazebo moment was the moment where Lorelai says she made the dress and Emily says um, you did a good job with Rory and the dress because I just thought it was such a touching and heartfelt moment um, that I wanted to just like isolate from the fight that comes later (laughs) because I think I mean obviously what they bring up in the fight are deeply felt feelings but this is also a deeply felt feeling too. Emily's validation and recognition and pride and Lorelai coexist with all of her other <laughs> um, messy feelings of, you know, things that need to be worked through in therapy. So, yeah, I just really like, I liked that moment. It was like an awe kind of moment. <laughs> yeah,
1: that honestly was also my gazebo moment.
0: <laughs> really? I, in my
1: notes, I said, the Mm -hmm. banana on toast bonding Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) yeah i i there were some other nice moments in this episode um but that was definitely the most like emotional moment It gave the most emotional satisfaction based off what we know about the character so far Mm -hmm. and how they've interacted and we've gotten so many like almost moments with uh Lorelei and Emily like the pudding incident and all that and here mm-hmm. we finally get like spoken validation from Emily and it's a nice moment regardless of what happens later um I wish yeah. that they could have framed this moment and looked back on it later on <laughs> but of course yeah
0: hopefully it's not totally overshadowed or forgotten based on what mm-hmm. came immediately after yeah <sighs> and Emily does also tuck her in Lorelai like falls asleep and she tucks her in and Lorelai says thank you mommy yeah <laughs> which is very like oh taken back to her childhood roots <sighs> yeah
1: in my Aww. cynical way I was like mommy that's a bit of an overkill but <laughs> I get the I get the gesture <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> they really wanted to put, like, a big bow on the, pack, the present. And you were like, it would have been fine if it was just wrapped yeah. nicely, you know. <laughs> exactly.
1: Okay, I think that's it for our episode. Um, so don't forget to send us your gazebo moments. And you can do this in a one-minute voice memo or just write out an email to us at talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll listen or read, <laughs> listen to or read your Kazebo moment and talk a little bit
0: about it. Mm-hmm. And as we said at the top, we would, of course, love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, you're welcome to follow us on Instagram at Talking Fast Podcasts. Okay. okay, until next time. Same time next week.